Hey everybody, Sean Tierney here from theautomationblog.com to tell you about my trip to Automation Fair 2016 last week. And uh, man, it was a really hectic week. Uh, you know, airports, taxis, um, you know, trying to get used to being in a hotel and all the craziness that goes with that, running on a on a, a treadmill in a hotel. Those are always so stiff. Nothing like my home unit. And then, uh, you know, just getting used to all the city noises trains and buses and sirens and all that i live in the country up here in the berkshire so we don't hear much of that up here but um it was a very busy week but a very productive week and i started off the week i actually flew down on monday and started the week uh tuesday morning at something called automation perspectives and that is a session for the media uh you know typically the big magazines and big websites um but I was invited, so I went. I've never been before. You know, I've always gone as a distributor uh, specialist. So uh, it was interesting to see. And so let's go ahead and flip over here. I got the automationblog.com open. And I'm going to flip over to an article I have here about uh, what I learned at Automation Perspectives. And um, first, I have to say, even though it was a very large room, the place was packed. And um, I think part of the reason was not that 100% of the people there were press. But there were a lot of Rockwell executives there, as well as vendors. So vendor executives. As a matter of fact, they have a free breakfast before the event. And I sat down and, and uh, got to talk to uh, some uh, really interesting uh, vendors about what they're doing in the automation space. And that was pretty cool. I also felt kind of underdressed because everybody was wearing suits. And I just went with my standard... Uh, you know, blue polo shirt. I'm not wearing that today. Today I'm wearing, and I'll put a picture on the screen of this, I'm wearing my uh, Automation Fear t-shirt that I picked up at the show. But in any case, um, so I sat in the back because <laughs> I didn't want my blue polo shirt to stand out amidst all these, uh, the sea of a thousand uh, black suits. So, um, but it was very interesting. It started off with a uh, an introduction by their uh, their uh, vice president of uh, global commercial marketing, and then it went to their CEO, Blake Morritt, and he gave a really good talk. Um, he talked about, um, you know, the connected enterprise and what they're planning on doing, what they're trying to do, and how they're trying to help customers. Bottom line was, their goal is to help customers be more profitable, you know, make products better, faster, cheaper, you know, the whole whole nine yards. And I thought it was a very good talk. You know, a lot of times when you're listening to CEOs, you think, oh. I'm going to get put to sleep, but this was actually a very good talk, and I was I was impressed with that. Um, next, there was a uh, talk from uh, Bob Sternfels of McKinsey and Company, and uh, he talked a lot about capturing value, and uh, he had some great slides. I got a couple of them here in the uh, in the presentation, but he just talked about you know how the Internet of Things was changing. Um, changing the world and, and changing manufacturing and how, you know, just the proliferation of mobile devices was affecting, was, would affect, uh, would affect uh, manufacturing and uh, a lot of information about technology and trends in there. And I thought it was really good. And, you know, I just noticed here a picture about first, I wanted to go back and, and say that uh, Blake also announced a huge donation Rockwell was giving to the first organization for the help train and educate youth and get them interested in, you know, technology and technology uh, uh, careers. And uh, that was one thing I heard from a lot of people that, you know, 
not everybody needs to become an engineer to be able to work on automation equipment. For instance, if you're uh, if you used to manually load uh, parts into a uh, into a product, and then that gets replaced by a robot that does it, well, who's going to service the robot? Would a electrical engineer or mechanical engineer want to spend his days servicing a single robot? Or perhaps do we retrain the people who used to do that manual loading of the uh, of the items to service the robots? You know, if they are so inclined, if they if they want a technical role. A lot of talk about technical schools versus colleges, and you know, do you really need a four-year degree to to be you know to be a technician or to do a to do a job that's very technical, but may not require a full-blown education, uh, uh, engineering education, which I thought was was very interesting. Um, after the capturing value uh, presentation, we had a connecting information presentation, which started out good. Um, this was from John. Genovese, I believe, and um, um, was very interesting. He talked about Factory Talk Cloud. After a while, though, to me, it just seemed like it boiled down to, you know, using Production Center, you know, with the data residing on a server, you know, in the cloud. Um, I didn't see really where it was anything interesting, anything transformable like uh, Amazon or Apple's clouds. So, um, uh, but even even that said, it was still an interesting presentation. Um, and then we get to the IA section, which I was really looking forward to, but it turned out just to be a review. I guess most of the people in the audience were media, were the press. And so it really turned out just to be a review of everything you know I do and, and you probably do on a daily basis. You're familiar with the 5580 and whatnot. So it wasn't much there. And, and then I moved into the security panel now. To me, the best way you secure your plant is don't plug your automation system into the internet. And so there was a lot of high-level discussions about, you know, securing your networks, protecting your networks. I kind of, I kind of started the snooze during that section because I don't own a plant, and I'm not worried about keeping my plant uh, safe from the internet. I just want to plug it into the internet. But, um, but in any case, uh, so that was a panel of experts, um, and then there was also a section on connected services, Rockwell's services group and uh, again not much interest for a techie programmer like myself there um, but then we finished up the session with a mobile demo um, it was done by Frank I don't know if I'm going to say this right Kula Zuitz, Mike Palantino and Kyle Reisner I think I messed up two of those names I'm sorry guys but um, they did a great job demonstrating the Factory Talk Team 1 app which is free and available today on iOS and Android. And a really cool app. It integrates with Factory Talk Analytics and some of the other products they were showing. But uh, the bottom line is it's a way to use a mobile, um, you know, the, the mobile uh, features, notifications, alerts that we're used to with other apps with automation. So in one instance, somebody sent uh, another person a trend of a drive speed. Um, in another instance, somebody was looking up alarms, um, and all of this was using, you know, mobile, mobile standards for alerts and notifications and whatnot. So pretty cool. I haven't had a chance to, to uh, test it out yet, but I did embed a video in here in the, um, in the, uh, in the post. And what I'll do is I'll cut to that now because I thought it was kind of funny. So let me cut to that now. We'll come right back. PowerFlex 525. Ask another. Can you order pizza for lunch? 
I'm sorry, Frank. I'm afraid I can't do that. <laughs> All right, so I, I hope you found that funny. I thought it was hilarious. Love how they kept it light there at the end. And uh, and with that, that was it for the automation perspectives. That was the first day of my trip Tuesday. And a lot of good stuff. You can read the whole article here. You can see it here at theautomationblog.com. Next day, I spent most of my time on the floor in sessions. And so that's what we're going to cover now. So let's go over to what's new in logics. Now, they covered a lot of stuff. I'm just going to cover what I thought were the most interesting highlights of the session. But uh, if you want to know more, if you want to know everything they covered, you know, reach out to your local Rockwell representative or, or distributor and ask them for a copy of the presentation. You'll notice all these slides are mocked as public. So there's nothing uh, top secret. There's no, uh, you know, confidentiality agreement that I'm breaking by showing you this. This is all public information. And, and the first thing they showed was kind of a review, you know, hey, uh, you know, if you weren't at the show last year, you may not know about the 5370, you may not know about the 5370 guard logics, and you may not know about the 5380. And uh, so they kind of reviewed those. And in conjunction with that, they talked about how the 5380 now had the option to support dual IP addresses as well as DLR. So you get to choose now with the firmware update. You can choose to actually have each port have a unique IP address. Something people asked a lot for in the 5370 family but was not possible. They've now added that to the 5380 so that's very cool. I'm sad they didn't add it to the 5370 but very cool that it's supported in the 5380. Um, and that's uh, that's pretty cool. There, there are also some uh, enhancements to uh, DLR as well, which I won't go into here, but uh, you may want to check out the article up at theautomationblog.com to learn more about that. Um, and from there, they also reviewed what's new with control logics, you know, the 5380, you know, redundancy V24, uh, the new slim power supplies, which are slimmer, and that's great. They only really power up to like a 10-slot chassis in most cases, so uh, better for smaller systems. And then uh, something I heard a lot about over the years, uh, these new redundancy cables, the old ones came straight out of the end cap and took up tons of space. Now they have right angle cables for the, uh, you know, redundant power supply um, end cap that goes, uh, that goes on your chassis. So you can see that right there in the, uh, in the slide. And finally, with the, three, with the 5380, we uh, have some new, uh, some new options that came out and some increased limits that also came out, which you can see in this slide right here. Now, up to this point, it was all kind of just run-of-the-mill stuff, and then we started talking about the new 5480. Now, I want to thank those out there who sent me emails telling me about the uh, about the uh, the launch of this when they found it on uh, ab.com. I uh, appreciate you sending that information in to me. Um, and, and there was a lot of information up there at uh, ab.com about this. However... One of the things that came up during the presentation was, uh, well, two things. First of all, Windows and the control, Compact Logics operating system both run on the same i7. I think she said it was a 2.4 gigahertz processor. And the other thing she said, though, that was really interesting was that because of because the Compact Logics is running on an i7, it was 
roughly 48 times faster than the 5370. Now the 5370 was already 4 to 20 times faster than the, its predecessor, right? So now this is 48 times faster. I mean, that is just incredible. Um, we don't know how much this is going to cost. It apparently is going to be a premium product. But um, very, very interesting. The other thing that she said that really caught my eye, and I blogged about this last week, was, um, you know, I'm always concerned when they do these in-rack PCs, you know, how they're going to have the uh, speed to run to run applications like Vue SE. And uh, she said, and I never did get to confirm this, but she said that they had Factory Talk Vue SE running on this 5480 on the show floor, and it was running really fast. So I have to take her word on it. I don't have a 5480. If somebody at Rockwell's listening would like to send me one or lend me one, I'd love to test it out and, uh, and uh, share with the audience uh, what it can do. But at this point, that's, uh, that's what the product manager said, so I wanted to pass that along. And next week, we got into an I.O. update. Um, you know, the 5069 I.O. was already announced. Uh, you know, there are some new 1734.I.O. modules, as well as some new on-machine modules. I didn't see anything here that was really exciting or new. So if you want to learn more, just check out the slides here at theautomationblog.com. Here's a slide I talked to you about with the enhancements to DLR. And uh, finally, there was an on-machine update. You know, basically today, Rockwell has everything you need to do your you know, control system 100% on machine uh, as far as processors, I.O., safety processors, and um, safety I.O., and I.O. link masters as well. And I always say processors. I, I notice they always say controllers, so a bad habit I have to break. But um, you can see here from the slide that they pretty much have everything you need as far as the, the controllers and I.O. is concerned. And so that was it with what's new in Logic. Let's go on to the next one that I went to, which was what's new in Studio. And here, um, this was really mostly software-based, right? So here we're looking at uh, what's new in Studio 5000 Logic Designer V29. And you can see here in this slide, we're mostly looking at, you know, support for new hardware. Um, we get that dual IP support we talked about earlier. And then... Um, we have some other features which I'll talk here, uh, talk about here now. Um, the string assignment feature, which is only in the 80 series, 5580, 5380, but this string assignment feature is really cool because it allows you to just use a literal string in your structured text or ladder logic. And uh, similar to how you could use a constant in a move instruction, you can move five into N70 or into my tag. Um, now they're supporting that in the 5580 and 5380 and for strings inside of structured text and ladder logic. Pretty cool. Um, surprised I didn't go back to some of the, the earlier products, but um, it is what it is. So that you can see that as being a big time saver because you won't have to create string tags anymore to store strings in your controller. So it can save you time and save you memory by doing it this way. Uh, next they showed... Um, that they're going to have this add-on bundle, uh, or I should say add-on profile bundle, so that if you want to get all the latest add-on profiles for your I.O., um, you can just install this bundle. You don't actually have to install the latest version of software to get all the new add-on profiles. So that's pretty cool. And I haven't tried that yet, but you can see it's here documented in this slide I captured from the session, and uh, talks about it in depth, but uh, free 
on the uh, product compatibility and download center PCDC up at ab.com and um, doesn't require a tech neck they say you can just go up there and grab it and uh, so that's pretty cool I can't wait to try that out next they started talking about version 30 now version 30 is coming soon soon I think they wanted to have this out by December I'm, I'm not sure if they're gonna make that date but some pretty cool things coming out in version 30 uh, we get Windows 10 support that's cool we get a new install now option so we don't have to answer a bunch of questions we can hit install now and it just installs with all the defaults again if you want something extra you could always go back and run the installer again but um, that's cool you get new support for the new 5380 and 5480 hardware that's been released and um, you also get something called component change detection now the example they used if somebody was in went into the system while it was running and made changes to a routine and then maybe changed it back later this would capture that where a snapshot comparing the program from two weeks ago to to you know this afternoon may not catch that because it was changed and then changed back it also um, tracks changes for tags IO modules and routines within a program so um, that seemed very cool again it's a version 30 feature but it seemed like uh, it would really help identify issues um, caused by changes in the program which uh, you know otherwise you can't tell you know if it looks the program looks the same as it used to look like how do you know if if it was the program that made the change another cool feature which is really in its infancy right now in version 30 was the IO tree import and export right now it's only going to be on a per module basis but in the future they're hoping to be able to allow you to export and import the entire IO tree now this is very cool whenever there's sometimes where you have to make changes to the IO tree and you have to delete a bunch of things and re-add them and that's painful so being able to do it here export and then re-import uh, different modules and whatnot can be extremely helpful and so I look forward to not so much this edition of the feature but the next edition where we can do the entire IO tree at once so that looked really cool and then uh, they moved over from logics designer the view designer and talked about new features coming to that including add-on graphics so if you have a panel view uh, 5500 um, the add-on graphics is a lot like uh, global objects in uh, view studio so that looked very cool um, the language switching looked very powerful because all of that documentation is done inside of RS logics 5000 or studio 5000 rather so that looked very cool as well and there were some other things with that which I'll cover in the next presentation but that was pretty much it for studio 5000 so let's go ahead and look at the last one here um, what I consider the last major what's new um, presentation and that was what's new in view and here you can see the article I just published this morning up at the automationblog.com and the first thing they they did this one a little bit differently they kind of reviewed everything and then they went through the details so we'll just follow with their format here the first thing they reviewed was the panel view plus seven they wanted to remind us that now it's available with DLR and that in version 9 of Factory Talk View Studio they're going to be increasing the screen count from 25 to 50 now they say you'll still have a limit of 25 replace screens but you'll also now be able to add 25 faceplate screens what does that mean I don't know do they have to be plant PX process objects or can they just be any on top screen what does that mean they didn't really go into it so we'll really have to wait for the release notes for v version 9 which is due out in December 
uh, to know for sure. Um, but one thing that wasn't uh, questionable was the increased alarm count. So now, instead of being limited to 200 alarms, in version 9, the PNLV Plus 7 will now support up to 500 alarms. So PNLV Plus 7 standard, which is like the PNLV Plus 6 compact. So confusing, I know. Um, next, they want, went on to talk about the PNLV 5000 or 5500 and talk about multi-version support, multi-language support, and add-on graphics. We'll get to more of that in a minute. They also talked about their new VersaView 5000 platform they're releasing. You can see here in the slide, um, you know, they're going to have monitors, thin clients. You know, they bought uh, Thin Manager, um, XCP, the company that makes Thin Manager. And, um, you know, VersaView 5400 PCs, including a non-display PC. Um, the one thing I noticed about these PCs, and I probably shouldn't say it, but the bezels look big. And if you can see, if you look at this picture and you zoom in on it, you can see that the um, Allen Bradley logo, the Allen Bradley logo here, whoops, is kind of not centered. And that didn't really look right to me either. So, you know, it hasn't released yet. Maybe they'll do something, but the bezel, just the top and bottom, just looked much larger. Of course, you can see obviously larger than the sides. And it just looked odd compared to other industrial computer manufacturers out there. So, um, you know, be it what it is, um, I just figured I'd, uh, I'd uh, uh, point that out. That was an observation that struck me immediately. Um, as far as the, the software, uh, they kind of reviewed here all what's new with all the software. And um, let's just jump right into that. You know, in version 9 of USE, they're adding a second trend object. Trendex will still be there. But they're also adding something called Trend Pro, which is based on the really powerful vantage point trending object. So if you've never used vantage point, trust me, you'll want to play with this once it's added in version 9 because it's really powerful. I mean, it is, uh, I think it's a premier trending object. So um, I always liked it when I used uh, when I used to use vantage point. So having it in view at no additional charge is pretty cool. You see more information on that right there. Um, they also talked about giving both ViewME and ViewSE extended property support, which is really cool. So in the controller for a while, we've been able to give the tag a description, a minimum, a maximum, etc. But we've had no way to use that in the panel view plus. Well, now with version nine, we'll be able to do that. And that's, I can just see that saving tons and tons of time in future projects where I can do all my documentation in the controller and just access it from my panel view plus. So really, really cool stuff there. And then one of my favorites, I don't know if anybody else used Recipe Pro back in the day, right? What was I watching? I was watching some show where they kept saying back in the day instead of saying five years ago. I just thought that was hilarious. So back in the day with RSView32, um, we, uh, we had something called Recipe Pro. And uh, it was cool, a little confusing, but cool. And uh, we really not had a recipe option in VUSC. So in version 9 of Factor Talk VUSC, um, they're adding the ability, phase one, ability to input those old uh, recipe pro recipes. You'll be able to upload and download and do some basic stuff. And they're, they're you know, scheduling for version 10 to have the full-blown recipe features. So I'm not quite sure. You can, see what's, uh, you can see what's listed here. Not quite sure what all that means, but I do like the ability to import and export recipes to CSV because that is huge. And finally, for Factory Talk View 9.0, VUSE 9.0, 
Rock was also updating Viewpoint and giving it this whole mobile enabled alarming system that works in, a, in any browser that uh, makes it very easy for you to know if you have any alarms and to look at those alarms and look at their status. So nowhere did I see anywhere it said we could actually acknowledge alarms from here, but it did make it, you know, give you a real, very robust way to both know if you have an alarm and uh, look through the alarms and, and identify what is an alarm and uh, so you know what the alarm message is, et cetera. So you can see more here in the screenshot I took of that slide, but it looked pretty cool. Um, then they delved into a view designer, kind of overlapping a little bit with the last session. Um, they talked about the add-on graphics, they talked about runtime language switching, but they also talked about multi-version support. So apparently when you get the latest version of a view designer that comes out with um, Studio 5000 version 30, I think they're saying it's uh, view designer version three, that you will have the ability to to edit any version of uh, a view designer project. So you install the latest version and now you can go back and edit the older versions. From what they're saying, all the way back to V27. So that's interesting. You can see um, all the information right here about it if you want to know more about it. But uh, I haven't really used view designer much uh, yet. I'm not sure if you guys are using it a lot too. I do have a unit here on the shelf that uh, if you guys are really interested in it and want to learn stuff about uh, the PanelView uh, 5500, I'd be more than happy to do some videos on that. But right now, I just haven't seen the demand. Most of the questions I get back on the PanelView Plus, so that's why I've been spending my time. And that's it. That's really a summary of what's new with Vue, what's new with Studio, and what's new with Logix from Automation Fair. So, um, I still got a post I want to put up there showing all the different pictures I took from the show. You'll uh, likely see that later this week on the automationblog.com. But some other things, um, you know, about the show, the, the show flow was awesome. Um, just full of vendors, and I think there was 175 people there, or, or ex uh, exhibitors there. And um, it was great. There was a lot of, I got a lot of great pictures of uh, PLCs and HMIs and whatnot, which is, which is my main interest. Um, and uh, there were some great uh, uh, um, Rockwell product managers there. But the show floor was removed so far from where the technical sessions were that uh, you got to work out going back and forth. So um, that's why I did one day Wednesday, I did all my technical sessions. And then on Thursday, I did the, the show floor because, um, man, it was, all, it, it was like a half a mile. Not that I'm complaining, you know, I run a 5K every morning, but... Um, you know, if I wasn't in good shape, I mean, I would have been struggling there, you know. So um, I would hate to be on crutches or have to or be in a wheelchair because that was a haul to go back and forth. So I don't know if that's just something about, uh, you know, the, the, the facility in Atlanta. I mean, it is huge. But um, but in any case, that was the one thing I noticed that was weird. And, um, and with that overall, I think it was a great show. Congrats to Rockwell and all their partners for putting together a great event just like I remembered it from my last time two years ago. And, uh, you know, I would like to hear from you. Did you go? Did you see something that was interesting that maybe I didn't cover? Or did I make a mistake? Or do you want to add something to what I said? Let me know. You can reply here. You can contact me via the contact link on the site. And uh, I'm always looking for uh, guest blogging. So if you'd like to write a guest blog on the automationblog.com, just uh, hit me up. i got a couple in the queue right now from uh, 
from some readers. So we'll get those out this week and uh, we'd love to have more. And uh, don't forget, if you want to support the work I do here, if you enjoy the Automation Podcast and you'd like to see it continue, check out the new premium membership where for as little as $3 a month, you can support the automation websites and get $10 in free downloads every single month. And I'm actively trying to add new and more downloads to both automation files and automationtutorials.com every week. So um, check it out. Just go to the automationblog.com forward slash support and check out how you can become a premium member, support us for as little as $3 a month and get all kinds of free downloads and, and extras. And with that, that's it for this episode of the Automation Podcast. Thank you for watching. And if you'd like to see more episodes of the Automation Podcast, please let me know. Thanks. And until next time, peace.